1: I can't go on. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 12th of May, 2011. Newcomers should look into the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and help yourself to the audios that are there for free download. I try, hopefully, to give you the shortcuts to understanding the system you're born into and everyone else is born to you before you, in fact, your parents, grandparents, and so on, and how really uh, it's an artificial structure, a superstructure going over above governments and and inside governments too. They place their own boys inside with a very long-term goal. Uh, It's been on the go for an awful long time, centuries actually, and they wrote about it in their own books, especially in memoirs of retirees from the big associations which help rule the world. And you can piece it all together. There's plenty of proof out there. They give you your culture, your thoughts, your talks for the day, the things you'll you'll bicker about. And they give you your presidents and prime ministers pretty well across the world now. Uh, They set up the United Nations, and they go under the guise often of charity with their big, massive foundations, which really are tax-free exemptions for their big banks and their big businesses, like the Rockefeller Foundation. So through uh, many, many different avenues, they managed to shape the world according to what they wanted to be, including updating their culture to suit the times and getting you ready for the next move as well of integration globally. you have been going through that for years now. And remember too that uh, on this particular broadcast, I don't bring on guests to sell stuff or to bamboozle you. And uh, therefore I I hope that you will help me out and stay on the, to stay on the air by buying the books and this I have for sale at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Remember all the sites listed have transcripts too of a lot of the talks for up, as well as the audios. And if you want transcripts in other languages, go to alanwattsentinel.eu and help yourself from the variety. Offered there, So if you buy the books in DISA for sale, uh, you can certainly keep me taking on for a little while longer. From the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can use personal check. You can also use an international postal money order from the post office, and you can send cash. And you can also use PayPal to order. Just use the donation button, Uh, the supply idea. You'll see how to order on the site, cuttingthroughmetrics.com, and then follow it with an email with name, address, and order. I'll get it out to you cross of the world, same idea. You've got Western Union, MoneyGram. You've got PayPal to order with the donation button. And remember, straight donations are certainly, certainly appreciated because, as I say, it costs quite a bit of cash to keep even this, what I'm doing here, on the go. And I'm not out to make a profit, believe you me. And uh, if I did, I'd, I'd go the way that most do go. Most, most hosts make their money from bringing guests on who either pay them uh, or they're, they're paid by advertising. And that's okay if they've got families and all the rest of it, or they want a career. But personally, I'm only on the air because I thought years ago it was time to come out with this information before it was too late, before it was even banned to speak about it. And that will happen fairly shortly. Actually, they're cutting in already with so many international laws to do with free speech, which isn't free anymore. It's limited speech and selected speech or selective speech. That's what we'll have in the future, in the near future. And you'll, you'll notice already most of the interesting topics that were given are spun and given to us by the mainstream media, which is all across the Internet now. And that's what everyone's going by. Uh, three levels of, of news or reality. One is the bottom-level media. It's all spun by the Council on Foreign Relations, the guys who helped run America uh, on behalf of their their brother in the, uh, Britain, the own chief of International Affairs. They've been running the world for an awful long time, every president and prime minister has been a member since the late 1800s when it was called a different name. And Carol Quigley, who was the historian for and looked over the records and wrote a book about it, actually said the same thing too. So your media is spun by them because every uh, owner is a member of the CFR as well. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix, talking about this massive institution across the world that uh, has many other organizations specialized, uh, working in specialized areas with different names, but really it's all one big private organization. And uh, we don't vote these guys in, and yet they put the, your, your, the guys forward for you to vote for at the top levels. In every country, pretty well, we all have for a hundred years, and the public have no clue about it. They get lost up in the hype as the same CFR media goes into action to tell you who to pick. So it's it's an interesting uh, system we do live under. And part of their system, too, was to create the United Nations. First, they created, they created the League of Nations, they called it, and then the United Nations at the end of World War II. And the idea was to bring in a system of blocks, different blocks, regions, they call them, or blocks, trading blocks and merge countries together. And they said that in the early days they'd have to create wars for this to make the people give up sovereignty. And so they, they helped plan World War I, in fact because Professor Carl Quigley, who, as I said, was a historian, he was introduced to the group through Alfred um, through, through Zimmern, his name was. Zimmern was an advisor to Winston Churchill and also a communist. He ran the communist paper for Britain. And uh, it just shows you that, that they're all pals together, of course, but they, they were all for setting up the Soviet bloc, and they were also involved in setting up Germany for World War Two. And if you want to hear quickly talking about this himself, I'll put a link up tonight on his on one of the, the very few interviews he ever gave to students, and you'll hear him talk about this. If you get past the first half, he talks about his books and, and how he had a hard time getting them published because he was blowing the whistle... Um, on, on the council on foreign relations, and he was all for what they were doing, by the way. Uh, but of course, they didn't want the public to know, and they actually eventually pulled his book, and didn't let it to be, didn't allow another printing, etc. So you'll hear him with his own mouth talking about what happened to him, and, and how these guys literally have been running the world for uh, in the nin- up the 1960s already since the late 1800s, and uh, the public knew nothing about it. And one of the great guises is, again, again, through charity and helping people. It's always through the fronts of helping people. Who can deny them, you know, getting laws passed to help people? But in reality, they're shaping the world and the cultures, and they do believe in using a form of of Marxism. I quickly talked about that myself in his own book, uh, Tragedy and Hope. He mentioned that they're often mistaken for the left wing. It's because they use these tactics through charities and their foundations to get laws passed. Uh, which, of course, gives them the right to put their own boys into the new bureaucracies that are built up to take care of things. And they always go in the opposite direction of what do you think. So it's very deceptive. Even George Orwell, uh, given the term, this big system, and he call it Big Brother as well, because they don't believe in freedoms at all. They believe in a planned society for a, a planned world. And they had to use the, the Marxist system to destroy the family unit. That was the one thing that, that all down through time had suited up against these people was the family unit. And if they could destroy the family unit, uh, they could have every individual separate from every other individual. And then the government could literally talk down to you, just like he, he Orwell showed you in 1984 when the screen addressed him with a number, Smith and a number so that 's the system that you 're going into, and one of the biggest tricks, of course, was a united nations that that tries to, to, to use this kind of white and blue flag, very familiar this color isn 't and um, that uh, they're so for, much for peace and uh, equality across the world. Nothing is further from the truth, because they're set up literally to take over all forms of your own government in every area, and they have actually been doing that through the United, United Nations for years. They pass laws there through treaties, and then your own government enacts them mental law, right down to your building codes and everything else. And all your greeting agendas come from through the United Nations because, again, the big banking boys, who really are at the top, they're all in the issue of international affairs, uh, that's, this is the kind of system they want where they own all the land and the food supplies and everything else, all the natural resources, everything you need to live and survive, they want to own. And you'll have to come to them, as Rockefeller said eventually, for your food and everything else. And on your bended knee, by the way. But one of the tricks, too, was to form UNESCO, the United Nations. And that was to to really start to, to get a common culture built across the world through the indoctrination through school systems across the world, and raise a new generation that were internationally-minded and Marxist in their perspective. They they would be very easily managed then by the big boys at the top. And they used all the teachers' unions to get it through. And Julian Huxley, of course, was the first CEO of that. And he, I've mentioned and read from his own books before on the air here, there'll be an archive section at cuttingthroughmedia.com, where you can hear him talk about the strategies he was going to use how they'd blur sexuality and all the rest of it and, and, and really make promiscuity the normal thing until people wouldn't want to get married anymore. And then, of course, they have literally split up all bonding. They would separate the bonding process from the sexual act, and they've done it all. Everything that they wanted, they're pretty well accomplished. And you think you're just evolving and doing your own thing. <laughs> well, here's an article here, and I'll put it up tonight, too, at cutting at the end of this broadcast. I'll put the link up, and it's from Chatham House, the headquarters of the Royal Institute of International Affairs, which is the big brother system for the CFR and all the rest of them. And it's about UNESCO. It says, Global Governance for the 21st Century, a UNESCO Perspective, by Irina Bokova, who is the, the Director General now of UNESCO. Uh, they're all in for family planning and all that stuff and, and lowering and reducing populations, etc. And she goes through some of the history of it, and uh, And so on, and so on, and so on, but she goes into economics, of course, and how uh, they 're going to manage the economies of the planet and Then she was into what this, what the UNESCO part of the New, the United Nations is all about, which is to indoctrinate children into the proper way of thinking for their masters, in other words so i 'll put this whole article here and it 's a PDF on the, the the article too. You can download it for yourself and um, She talks about global governance uh, and how it's not quite settled yet. There's still some challenges across the world as they bomb people out of existence and in in the same system, the ones who are objecting to it, that is. And then they use the the poverty stuff, too. They want to eradicate poverty. These guys literally want to bring you down to a few million people across the whole globe. And what's interesting, too, is, is all the organizations as well, which they help, they actually are the boss over all the greeting stuff, all of that kind of stuff. It's very, very interesting. And I'll put that up, as I say, at the end of this broadcast tonight. So, global governance for the 21st century. Did you vote for these guys? Do you vote for the United Nations? Well, nobody votes for the United Nations. They're an independent, private organization run by bankers, international boys. And... What's interesting, too, is they put out these articles, the same group, of course, put out these articles uh, about other countries that they want to target or are targeting. And you might remember a few months back there before they started bombing Libya uh, that Gaddafi had asked for money to help contain all the refugees which Europe asked them to contain. Because they didn't want Europe flood, flooded with refugees passing through Libya. They wanted them to stay there. Well, he was going to pay for it all. All these people were going to pay for it all through their all their money and so on. And he did the, the natural thing. Well, if he wants to do that, pay for it. And it was a big hullabaloo in the newspapers at the time. Well, here's the latest spin from the same guys who run the world. Libyan government is forcibly expelling migrants in a bid to flood Europe with refugees, UN claims. Now he's getting bombed, of course. It's the last thing on his mind is containing them. Uh, it says, um, and who is complaining about it? The United Nations. Oh, this wonderful private organization, you know, that wants to rule the world. Pretty well does. Uh, so they're, they're blaming him for all this flood of immigrants into into Europe. So Colonel Gaddafi has previously warned European leaders backing the revolt against his 41-year rule that he would unleash a wave of migrants against Europe in retaliation for military strikes. The arrival of large numbers of migrants fleeing Libya has already caused strains amongst EU nations. Well, whenever they go and, and bomb any country, if you've noticed, there's always a flood of refugees out in Somalia all, and so on, all across the world. It's been happening forever, wherever they go and, and bomb. Would you stay there? But do you want to stay and get bombed by the biggest armies and the most advanced militaries and, and, and targeting systems in the world? I wouldn't stay there, would you? So uh, they're blaming him for all these guys flooding out of it. H- here they go and bomb the country, and the people flood out, and they blame Gaddafi. So Antoni Guterres, the UN High Commissioner for Refugees, told a conference in Paris today there are elements to make us uh, think that at least some of the actors involved in what's happening today in western parts of Libya may be attempting to use this weapon of forcing people to move into Europe. What what a hypocrite, eh? We're bombing them. They flood out, and must blame Gaddafi for it. It's amazing, as I say, the abuser always blames the victims, eh? Always do. What a great tactic it is. That's, that's a tactic of the wild mind that they talk about. The ones that would survive. The ones that are not domesticated. We're domesticated and you think in a linear fashion. These guys don't think, but they know how you think. they trained you to think in a, a, a linear fashion. So that you believe them. And then... We're so sick of bailing out the big banks themselves, who never, ever really fail. They're too big to fail, as they say. And we'll never change the laws to stop them doing it again. That's why they keep the same laws on the books, so that they can do it again. They like to bankrupt countries and and often the world twice a century. That's the standard uh, technique. Anyway, $5 fees may be coming to an ATM near you. Uh, Why? It says, well, J.P. Morgan Chase and, and others are trying to recoup approximately $30 billion a year lost. And overdraft fees. Uh, So they want to put a $5 ATM charge on every transaction. eh? That's the excuse, anyway, to just rob you all the more. So Nessa Fedis, spokesman with the American College of Consumer Financial Services, agreed there are enormous pressures on banks because of lost revenue. These are the guys who lost all the cash in the world and said it went to money heaven, remember? Well, how come they knew where it went to, eh? (laughs) It didn't disappear. But that's that's the rubbish we get at the bottom level. Level we're the mushrooms, and this is the stuff you feed mushrooms with. Back with more after the break. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and talking about the big system that is interlaced with other systems all blowing to the one group, basically but specialized systems which all work towards the capstone, the big head of the pyramid and uh, and how they run every aspect of our lives. And I mean every aspect of our lives, including the culture creation, the culture destruction when it's done its job, and then the creation of the next part of the culture, and so on. We're, we're led by the generation. And, and actually they can, they can actually do it much, much faster now. And they've been doing that for a long, long time. So much so that Beria, who was the head of the NKVD during the, the early part of the Soviet Union in the 30s, talked about um, the, the ability to literally rather than take 70 years to alter a culture, one whole generation they could, they could actually alter it within a space of 3 to 5 years by scientific indoctrination through schools and media and so on. So it's much faster that today of course it's, it's done like a, a seamless flow of culture changes all the time as we're taught to accept new and newer and newer things, things that we'd, we'd turn our back on long ago, you'll accept without a thought tomorrow because everyone else is going to accept it and that's how you think, well everybody else is accepting Accepting this, it must be alright. And then we're told to feel bad about not thinking about or accepting things. So you're a bad person if you don't uh, uh, go along with the rest of them, you see? That's very simple Pavlovian training. But here's an article tying in, of course, with the United Nations and UNESCO and all the other characters, too. It's very interesting, and you know, I meant to read it, read it a while back but it 's from the Guardian now The Guardian again is one it, it plays the left wing in britain it 's all for all the eco uh, stuff that 's coming down the pike and the high taxations and getting folk off their land and into the overcrowded cities on on behalf of their own masters who are the same bunch I was talking about earlier. But this, this is about the next Earth Summit at Rio. The air summit, the, the Rio 92 air summit was the one that brought you a whole bunch of organizations which are now common knowledge. You've heard them so many times, but you didn't know where it all came from. And it shows you photographs at the top of the first 92 meeting and the closing speech at the Rio 92 air summit. And by the way, it was all drafted up by Rockefeller himself and given to Strong to Strong to, to chair, basically. And Butros Butrus Galley was there too, so great that he named him twice, you know, all that kind of stuff. And anyway, it's, it says here, I've got some good news. This is the lefty greenies speaking, of course, the one I was all to stop breathing and save CO2 and pay high taxes for, if, for breathing at all. Anyway about the future of the planet. Good news first. Next year, a honking big global air summit is coming our way, one with a proud heritage, formerly titled the UN Conference on Sustainable Development. These are the guys who brought it to you, the United Nations. The meeting is known as Rio Plus 20 because it will come 20 years after the first air summit in Rio in 1992. That original air summit... Uh, itself 20 years after the equally important Stockholm Convention on Environment and Human Development. This is all from the Royal Institute of International Affairs, by the way. As I say, they run the United Nations. They they created it. Gave us uh, an embarrassment of policy riches. The Climate Convention, this is what they gave us from this one. The Convention on Biological Diversity, where they gave the plants and insects all the rights and humans none. Sustainable Development Commission about population reduction and so on. A Precautionary Principle, a long and ambitious list of promises, called Agenda 21, that's where that came from. The Forest Principles and much more. Over a hundred heads of state turned up to Rio de Janeiro last time, amidst intense global attention. This time, the reunion party is going back to Rio again on 4th to the 6th of June 2012. Chances are, it will all be a big deal again. Now, a couple of days is nothing, right? So it's just like these big G20 meetings where they they, they meet and they all shake hands. They get about five minutes to speak meet each person, and then they, they, they just eat for a couple of days and drink till they're drunk, and their their servants take them back to their big chauffeur-driven limousines and stuff. It's much the same as that. In other words, all the all the all the plans, all the the papers are drawn up in advance. Uh, by the Sherpas, they call them. That's what they call these guys who are sent across the world, uh, these bureaucrats over the years, uh, doing all the, the work uh, necessary for these heads all to come together for two days, get drunk and all that, and sign. They call them Sherpas. So anyway, here the Arata again, it says, at a recent prepar- preparatory meeting in New York, the agenda for this next air summit became clear. The leaders will issue a focalized political document tackling the transition to a global green economy. See, they turned into a service economy when they took your factories off you and sent it to China. And you paid for it through your taxes, by the way, through agreements through the World Trade Organization of the United Nations. And then, then and now that the service economy is gone down the tubes, now you're in a green economy. It means if you're lucky, you'll be eating grass, maybe, you know. And it says, and reform of the international institutions responsible for sustainability. Uh, this second reform strand could feasibly restructure everything ranging from the United Nations Environmental Program, that's UNEP, at uh, the United Nations Development Program, to the 500 different multilateral environmental treaties, 500 different multilateral environmental treaties and agreements currently in place. They want to add to them, triple, triple them, quadruple them. These cover toxic chemicals, ocean conservation, you know, fishing and so on, biodiversity, desertification, desert climate change, ozone depletion, forest protection, meaning no more firewood and more, given the rising trends of global temperature, which is all baloney as we well know. Um, they say that got a good chance of pushing all through. Hopefully Rio plus 20 will deliver a jolt of political will to the global environmental agenda, as well as a smart plan to get the planet back on track. Well, whose track are they talking about? Because you see, we've never been asked about any of this. We just have these big private organizations that are funded by the big foundations. Massive foundations with trillions of dollars, with NGO armies that lobby. We get no say in this at all. Democracy? I don't think so. Back after this.
0: You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
1: Hi, folks. We're back and we're cutting through the matrix. Now I won't read any more of that Guardian rubbish because, you see, the big bankers want to bring in a world state of poverty, the global plantation. They want to continue to constantly give what's left of any work at all or industry to other countries across the world to help equalize things, understand? And you come down to their level, they'll come up to your level, somewhere in the middle, in between, maybe in the paddy field, I don't know. But that's really what they want, and this is to be a world where we're all basically powerless to feed ourselves. This is what they're bringing in, or to do anything ourselves. We need permission for everything. Just for existing, we'll be penalized. And the guardian thinks this is wonderful. Mind you, they're well paid to do that too and also the organizations, which they also work for, not just the papers, because these reporters work for higher organizations. Here's an article, too. The EPA whistleblower criticizes global warming in a peer-reviewed study. The other side of the nonsense, see, everything is hinging on global warming, which has fallen, it's, it's actually fallen flat on its face. And, uh, and um, all, all of these laws that they want to ram through are based on the theory of global warming and the destruction of the environment and so on. By us, of course. It's all your fault, you see. Again, the abuser always blames the victim. So it says, the scientific hypothesis underlying global warming alarmism are overwhelmingly contradicted by real-world data, and for that reason, economic studies on the alleged benefits of controlling greenhouse gas emissions are baseless. That's the findings of a new peer-reviewed report by a former EPA whistleblower. And it goes through a bit of his history in the EPA, uh, where he was penalized for not giving them the sort of stuff they wanted to hear. He was using factual data, and, of course, there's nothing factual about the agenda. It's, it's all make-believe, but it, it's got to go through, otherwise you lose control. Dr. Alan Carlin, now retired, was a career environmental economist at EPA. When CEI, Competitive Enterprise Institute, broke the story of his negative report on the agency's proposal to regulate greenhouse gases in June 2009, Dr. Carlin's supervisor had ordered him to keep quiet about the report and to stop working on global warming issues. The EPA's attempt to silence Dr. Carlin became a highly publicized embarrassment to the agency, given Administrator Lisa Jackson's support, a supposed commitment to transparency transparency is to penalize the people for telling their 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 what they see is the truth. Dr. Carlin's new study, A Multidisciplinary Science-Based Approach to the Economics of Climate Change, is published in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health. It defines that fossil fuel use has little impact on atmospheric CO2 levels. Moreover, the claim that atmospheric CO2 has a strong positive feedback effect on temperature is contradicted on several grounds, ranging from low atmospheric sensitivity to volcanic eruptions to the lack of ocean heating and the absence of a predicted a tropical hotspot. So it goes through all the factual data, but factual data, as I say, doesn't matter when there's a big agenda riding on, on all this stuff, just much like the Rio Summit used the similar stuff back in their day, and will again reiterate it, and give you more laws uh, in 2012, the next meeting, they need this global warming uh, trash uh, to, to basically let, make you get up all your rights. And then when you get thrown off your your rural areas and so on and and crammed into these big cities up to the year 2050, when we're all supposed to start dying off very quickly, then uh, they'll have their wonderful utopia in the future for the real boys who really own the world, who don't give a darn about uh, the environment. Since, after all, you see, they own the big businesses across the world that are actually criticizing themselves. Interesting. Great technique, isn't it? Great technique. Why do you think all the big international corporations are on board at the Copenhagen Treaty and so on? They're all on board for all of this stuff. They all want carbon taxes. Uh, Rothschild himself uh, put forth a bill in Britain for carbon taxes uh, and through the United Nations because his the private uh, bank in Switzerland will will actually get the honour of having it all funneled through his bank. Can you imagine the interest, just stuff going in there overnight from all over the world? That's how the world is really run, eh? Money boys run the world, and um, no politician dares oppose them because they all belong to the bankers. That's who put them in there. I'll put this link up tonight as well. And another article, too, I'm putting up tonight is from Al Jazeera. It's about Glencore, this big corporation. It says, the rapid rise in food prices, fuel, and commodities has been disastrous for the world's poor including Indonesian market vendor Leah Romy, but it's a bonanza for multinational trading firms such as Glencore. While Romy has trouble feeding her family, Glencore, the world's largest diversified commodities trader, is planning a $11 billion U.S. share sale, likely the largest market debut ever seen on the London Stock Exchange. The price for our daily food has at least doubled in the past two years. Leah Romy told Al Jazeera through a translator, food costs 100% of my family's daily income, which is about 3 bucks." While Romy and millions like her worry about feeding their families, don't worry, the United Nations are going to help you. The 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 initial public offerings from the commodity-speculating giant will create at least four billionaires, dozens worth more than $100 million, and several hundred old-fashioned millionaires. Chief Executive Ivan Glassenberg is set to make more than $9 billion from the share sale. And speculating on food prices is an important part of his wealth. See, all your food now is is getting tossed around in the big global market. And they actually have hedge funds too and other funds where they can speculate on. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, Rothschild bought over as well, apart from farms all over the world and all through India, uh, through through corporate farming, uh, and, and brought in the GM staff all over the world too. Uh, The Rothschild also bought bought over the weather channel, isn't it? Because now they're speculating on bad crops coming to put the prices up even higher. Wonderful, isn't it? The same guys that crash your banking system and and rip you off are are now controlling all the food, and your politicians let it be that way. Uh, Shouldn't you you ensure you have your own farmers who, first and foremost, will sell to their own people? oh, we can't have, be interdependent at the same time and, and look after our own people, obviously, in this interdependent world, can we? It's just it's a ridiculous idea. Total control of the planet. Anyways, it's valued about $60 billion. Glencore controls 50% of the global copper market, 60% of zinc, 38% in alumina, and 28% of thermal coal, 45% of lead, and almost 10% of the world's wheat. According to information the firm disclosed prior to its share sale, it also controls about one quarter of the world market in barley, sunflower and rapeseed. Uh, They are possibly one of very few uh, mining companies that are price makers rather than price takers, said Chris Hind, editor of the Mining Journal magazine. They are the stockbrokers of the commodities business, operating in a fairly secretive world. They are effectively setting the price for some very important commodities, he told Al Jazeera. They employ 57,000 people, and they generate a turnover of $145 billion in the past year and have assets worth more than $79 billion. Glencore's media department refused interview requests from Al Jazeera. And you'll find, of course, Glencore is a front company for the very same people I've been mentioning earlier on because they're all involved, this big club at the top, and they have many, 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 many front companies, many of them. So it is based in Bar, Switzerland, I guess probably right next to their bank actually in are all one, where regulation is minimal, the company's sprawling interests span Bolivian tin mines, Angolian oil zinc producers in Kazakhstan, Zambian copper mines and Russian wheat operations. I'll put this link up too and you can read all the rest of it too, and wonder how corporations can get so incredibly huge. And also tonight, I want to put up uh, a, a bit of hilarity on Hillary, because sometimes Hillary is hilarious, and uh, uh, and, and she's not the most popular person, Hillary Clinton. Uh, and some people can get away with things. Just Certain people can get away with things. And, and it's quite funny, Every really. But it, it says, Hasidic newspaper defends airbrushing Hillary Clinton out of a photograph. Now, that really set well with her. Because remember... One of the security staff who came out and wrote a book about his days with Hillary and Bill at the White House, uh, he, he said she was a tyrant, always cursing and swearing, yelling at everybody. And uh, she even told all the staff that they were to look down when they spoke to her and never look her in the eye. That's that's a royal technique. In fact, it's, it's still pretty well promoted when you're told, you are going to meet the Queen You're told not to stare in her eyes. You should see the old movie. It's quite funny, too. It's called The Madness of King George, who actually went crazy. And what happened to him? And that was part of it. Are you looking me in the eye, sir? That was almost a capital offence. So anyway, the Hasidic newspaper defends airbrushing Hillary Clinton out of a photograph. On Friday, the Brooklyn-based Hasidic newspaper Dai Zitong ran the now-famous photo of President Obama, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, and others in the White House Situation Room just one problem in Dai Zitong's version. Hillary Clinton wasn't there. Neither was Director for Counterterrorism, Audrey Thomason. The only other woman in the shot, Dai Zitong, had airbrushed them out. It's great. People, you don't, you just can't stand You just airbrush them out and, and that's it. It's kind of like what, you know, Stalin did. You know, you get the photographs off the top Politburo every year and every year or so, there was a couple of them missing. and the next year, another couple. And they just filled in the background, you know. This is evidently editorial policy. The paper De Tsutung never runs photos of women because such images could be sexually suggestive. They must be joking. Uh, Hillary? But the removal of Clinton and Thomason made the media sit up and take notice. Apparently the presence of a woman, any woman being all womanly and sexy, <laughs> all over the United States counterterrorism efforts was too much for the editors of De Tsutung to handle scoffed morning Gloria at Jezebel. Another paper, I guess. The writer Taylor Marsh called it unethical and unacceptable. The people who make the decisions to rewrite U.S. history, including the publisher of Der Setung, have shown themselves to be part of the problem in the world. Rabbi Jason Miller at the Jewish Week criticized the move on theological grounds. Der Setung edited Hillary Clinton out of the photo, photos, thereby changing history. To my mind, this, this is an act of censorship is actually a violation of the Jewish legal principle. Of as is guinea vet daat deceit is called, uh, and Miller pointed out that the manipulated photo might violate man's law as well as God's. The White House made the photo available with a disclaimer that it may not be manipulated in any way. So anyway, the the, the paper who did it, the the, the fundamentalists um, got back to them, and they rationalized why they had to do it. I, I like you know, they, they got to admit it. These people have they give everyone the finger, and they get away with it. And that's how everyone should really be, you know. So it's, it's quite a hilarious article, and you can you can have a look at it yourself. But I mean, as I say, Hillary is not the most um, popular person in the world, as she and Madeleine Albright go across the world stirring up uh, uh, more wars against all the Muslim countries. And I'm sure, of course, she'll be like a, an angry woman, a divorce on this one, uh, kind of like um, after all I've done for you. But that's how it will be. It's quite amazing. Now, another article, too, is Christian Zimmerman's shocking Disney Hall debut. It's called uh, Poland's Christian Zimmerman, well-regarded as one of the finest pianists uh, in the world. This was 2009, by the way. I'm talking about people who stand up for what they think is right. Created a fewer Sunday night in his debut at Walt Disney's concert hall. He announced this would be his last performance in America because of the nation's military policies overseas. Before playing the final work on his recital, Karol uh, Szymanowski's variations on a Polish folk theme, Zimmerman sat quietly silently at the piano for a moment, almost began to play, but then turned to the audience. In a quiet but angry voice that did not project well, he indicated that he could no longer play in a country whose military wants to control the whole world. It says, get your hands off my country, he said. He also made references to the U.S. military detention camp in Guantanamo Bay. That was back then, of course, in Cuba. Now they've got me elsewhere. About 30 or 40 people in the audience walked out, some shouting obscenities. Yes, he answers some people when they hear the word military, start marching. And it's true enough, isn't it? Others remained but booed or yelled for him to shut up and play the piano. But many more cheered, and Zerman responded by saying that America's far finer things to export than the military, and he thanked those who supported democracy. There's very few of that, them, I guess. For the first half of recitals, he played uh, a Bach partita and Beethoven's last piano sonata, opus uh, 111, with firm determination. But anyway, it says here that, that uh, of course, the U.S. security uh, had attacked him before because of his views, and he travels with his own Steinway piano, and it says... Um, but shortly after 9-11, the instrument was confiscated at JFK Airport when they landed in New York to give a recital at Carnegie Hall. And this is an excuse that they used for destroying his piano. They did destroy it. Thinking the glue smelled funny, the TSA decided to take no chances and destroyed the instrument. Can you imagine destroying a pianist's instrument? Huh? That's called spite, folks. Spite. Yeah. And the order came from above, obviously. Since then, he has shipped his pianos and parts, which he reassembles by hand after he lands. He also drives a truck himself when he carries his instrument from city to city over land, as he did after playing a recital in Berkeley on Friday. But anyway, he said he'd never be back to to the U.S. because of its military policies of trying to dominate the planet. But he should be educated on who's really running America and what the global plans are. Because the average American citizen is getting nothing out of this. They're getting whacked and decimated financially. That's what they're getting. That's what they're getting. And there's quite a few other articles I might manage to try and get in. There's one one person on the line actually, or two. I'll try that. Maybe try that first. It's Kay from California on the line. Are you there, Kay?
0: Yes. Hi. Hi, Alan. Yes. I had a couple of questions. Um, first, I just wanted to let you know how much I enjoy your show. It's a, it's an educational show. Or broadcast, I don't know. <laughs> Not really a show, but I had a question that I was wondering if you could help me with. Um, I don't know if it was this program or something else I was listening to, where it's talking about drug companies have a trust fund that's set there uh, by by the politicians, to so that if they get sued, they don't actually pay money. They, it comes out of the trust that's set there by taxpayers. Yeah. That's true?
1: It is true. Um, I think Dr. Mercola has a website, and he goes into all the histories of the big pharma uh, in great detail, in fact, and he goes through lots and lots of what they're up to and and the cons and scams. There's so many scams pharma has because it's it's the same with Monsanto. It's all part of the same business. Um, You can't – Monsanto, for instance – uh, are the only ones allowed to give the reports on their own chemicals they use for their, their own plants. You can't, as an independent inquirer, do a test and get it published, or they can sue you for testing them. So the, the law's changed so that they can, no matter what they say, that's going to be put down as the gospel, and you can't test. Uh, and if you find anything nasty about it, you can't publish it. It's the same with Big Pharma, too. Uh, big Pharma, and I've done some articles on them, uh, and, there's a, and I even mentioned a link to the, to one of, one of the videos that are up there where um, they hire their own writers to give them glowing reports on each medication they come up with. Uh, and they, they're told to only put in, put in all the good stuff and never mention the bad stuff, the side effects and all the rest of it or the deaths or whatever. And uh, this particular video went through quite a lot of that. But it also went through some of the people in the, who are involved in doing this business for pharma. And, and one of them, on these articles, they actually said that to get a pill through, it says, don't worry about it, we've got our own guys inside the Food and Drug Administration. And they named off the doctors who were on the payroll for this big pharma company who work at the Federal Food and Drug Administration. I mean, there's, there's nothing... Past for your benefit. It's all big money. Big money's benefit. Back after this. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix, and what I'll do, Kay, is I'll put up some links tonight at cuttingthroughmatrix.com, and then you can do a whole journey into the mass of information that is out there by independent groups and so on who've done their studies on big pharma and i'll show you the sc- incredible scams go on all the time uh, and it's covered up now i'll try it and fit in uh, kenny from scotland if he's there are you there kenny
0: hello alan
1: how are you doing
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, you're there, oh, fantastic. Uh, Alan, uh, it's just to say, I'm I'm, I'm not going to eat up too much time because this phone call's costing me a fortune, but yeah. it's uh, as you can imagine, uh, but it's just to personally thank you, Alan, I'm a long-time listener, and yeah. uh, uh, it's just to personally thank you for all the work that you're doing just now, and, you know, you're spreading the truth. You're, 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 uh, I don't want to say you're a hero because that's the wrong word to use, but, you know... You're right up there, and uh, mm-hmm. it's just I uh, I I I I've got no, really nothing specific to say to you. Where,
1: where, where are you? Where are you? Where are you in Scotland?
0: I'm in Glasgow.
1: You're in Glasgow. yeah. What's the price of uh, gasoline there, petrol right now?
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't drive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you probably can't afford it, right?
0: Yeah. I, well, I can't afford it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got road tax, and then you've got whatever else on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I mean, I, 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 don't, I, I'm not really into the driving and all that that kind of thing. But I've yeah. got, I, I've got to say, Alan, uh, uh, but the advice you gave, about reading the, the the big boys' books themselves, yeah. has really helped me in yes. my experience. You know, it's
1: the only way to learn. I, I
0: walk around, I walk around with a kind of Robo head on. Yes. As you, I as I think you've mentioned before, most no. of the sort of time. And it does get you down in that, but it's just letting other folk out there know that, that 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 you can't. There is a way out. Yes. You can't get out. Of it, you can't get out. I, I'm I want, I'm planning on getting out of this city yes. and out yeah. of this this culture that we've brought up and into, and uh, sort of move on. Yes. Away from it all.
1: You have to try. You have to try and get out of it because it's just going to get worse. It's planned to get worse, as you can see. You know, and, and your media, I'm sure, is giving you nothing but bad news day after day to get you all ready for it. You know.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's constant. But Alan, it was just a, it was just a it was just a thank you all for the I you appreciate the that. That you give. I and appreciate everything that. everything you do, and I will be sending a donation. As, as you can appreciate yourself, it's tough times in, in on everyone. I know. And I know. Uh, mm. uh, so. I'll, I'll be sending a donation and urge everyone else out there to send donations into you and that's pretty much all what, really what I say, Alan, I've got no specific questions
1: Yeah, really well, that's, that's good enough, uh, Kenny, and well you take care of yourself and, and feed yourself as best you can and, and get out of the city if you can as well because it's going to be awfully hard as you go ahead with this agenda, as you know
0: that's what I'd advise everyone is just get out of the cities I mean it is crazy when you think about it I mean even just in Scotland right, I, I travel around the country quite a lot and there's vast there's vast areas yep. there's plenty of land out there and we're all yep. crammed in these cities with the, the illusion yep. that, um, that, 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 that there's some sort of overcrowding
1: yeah, yes, no, 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 no. <laughs> and actually, I've got more reports here, Kenny, that they want to do the same across the world. Uh, there's even articles in the paper today that Germany is losing all of its rural population. They're getting pushed into the cities. It's for the whole world, and that's where they want us all. But thanks for calling, in Kenny, um, and yeah. cheerio as they say in Scotland. Uh, well, take, care, take care, take care yourself. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.